Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Simpia, right here on SAFM. It is 12 minutes after 5 o'clock and it's time for the interview. Today we're joined by Goenga Goyana, who is the co-founder of Talita Together, an NGO that provides support to teenage mothers. Also joining us from Kenya is Elizabeth Muriyuki, who is the founder of Serene Heaven Girls Secondary School in Kenya. The boarding school was opened to ensure teenage mothers continue to get education after falling pregnant. South Africa is currently battling a teenage pregnancy problem. Minister of Basic Education, Angie Mutsecha, revealed that between April 2021 and March 2022, girls aged between the ages of 10 to 19 had almost uh, accounted for almost 90,000 pregnancies. Many teenage mums drop out of school due to lack of support and many never go back. There are many interventions to try curb teenage pregnancy. However... There are very few programs designed to support teenage mothers to ensure that they are able to finish school and acquire skills in order to be employable and take care of their children. How can we as a society support teenage mothers? And by saying we're supporting teenage mothers is not we saying that we're actually encouraging them to become teenage mothers, but we're saying that once you have a newborn baby who has been born to a child, what sort of support are we able to give them as a society because we can't wish them away? You've got two people who form part of society, both children, one the mother, the other one the baby. 0614-104-107. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin Simpier. Uh, Goenga Goyan is now joining us in studio. We're just trying to get a hold of uh, Elizabeth the Moriyuki. Unfortunately, we're struggling there uh, with that line too, and she'll be joining us uh, from Kenya. Goenga, good afternoon once again, and thank you so much for coming back to the SABC. Uh, thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yeah. So quickly, once again, tell us about um, Talita Together and how you started this organization. So Talita Together is about providing support to teenage mothers in Africa through the provision of antenatal and postnatal classes, the delivery of extra lessons, the support for their mental health and well-being, the impartation of entrepreneurial skills, donation collections from communities, as well as teen pregnancy prevention talks in schools and in clinics. So that is what we basically do. And Talita Together was birthed from our participation in the UNESCO and Women at Dior Mentorship and Education Program. We basically entered the Dream for Change projects, 500 female university students across the globe. And Dior basically tasked us to get into teams of five. And we had to create an initiative around the emancipation of young girls and women in our local communities. I was fortunate to find four other girls based in Southern Africa, um, two in Zimbabwe and two in South Africa. And yeah, we did our research and we found that teen pregnancy was a major issue that we wanted to make our initiative and social impact project about. Why teenage pregnancy though? So basically any girls from 19 years old and below, we never kept it below because we always saw from our statistics that, wow, there were over 600 nine-year-old and 10-year-old girls. I mean, those are children. They're not even teenagers. So Mm. we wanted to make that access available to all young girls who had encountered early pregnancy, early teenage pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is what we did. And yeah, we progressed in the competition. We made top six. Um, I went to pitch last year in Paris and we, we were one of the top three winners. And so we came back with the support of Dior and UNESCO and now we're implementing it um, 
obviously our design team changed along the road, but I, I was just so passionate about the work that I decided, you know what, I'm going to register it. This is my life. This is my passion. This is what I want to yeah. do. And now we're running Talita together as a nonprofit company. Yeah. And from the people, um, the girls that you were able to assist, what are some of the stories that they're telling you? What is, what, what's, what's difficult? Because as we said in the introduction as well, is that a lot of the time, a lot of the time we focus on um, preventing teenage pregnancy, yes. which is great and great programs that we have there. However, though, what happens after the child has been given birth to by another child? Yes, absolutely. So immediately after they've given birth, we try to get them to attend these postnatal classes where they learn how to breastfeed and how to wash the baby, how to take care of the baby. As many of these girls, you know, once they have the baby, they're obviously very attached. It's hard to, you know, give it away to the parents or to anyone, to grandparents or to any community. They've made this commitment. And so they are so part of their lives. And so we meet them where they are and we're like, okay, let's see how we can support you. Let's sponsor you to do these classes. And then in, in that phase, we assess, okay, where are you standing academically? Where did you drop out or did you stay in school? How can we support you in ensuring that you mm. go back to school and if you're still in school, how you finish school and perform academically well so that you can proceed? So that is the support we give them straight after. But obviously, through our donation pillar, we really intervene in as far as yeah. providing resources for the baby as well as for the mother. So all sorts of toiletries and clothes for the baby and for the mother, we provide those resources through our amazing volunteers and the communities that have just you know come on board with us tell us about some of the stories that you've heard from these teen mothers yeah so you know they range and it's not all of them that um, really open up and are vulnerable I mean in some communities I feel that it's a mindset thing. Some of them feel that, you know what, I, yeah, sure, I'm 16, 17, 18, but I can, I can handle it. I live in such harsh circumstances. What's going to be any harder than having a baby? Um, some are like uh, of, the, of the mindset that, you know what, we're so poor at home, perhaps having a baby will, you know, provide, you know, the, the child grant for us. Um, some of them are they get pregnant because they are under the influence of alcohol, you know, um, drinking and just not making a sober-minded decision. And, uh, yeah, there are various issues. Uh, um, some cases are rape. Some say, you know, uncle at home took advantage of me. Um, or, you know, uh, my boyfriend, you know, just didn't use a condom. Or, I don't know, there are many different mm. reasons um, that are rooted in why these girls fall pregnant. Most of the cases are unplanned. And um, many of them are like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know until so late. But it, it's it's happening now. And, you know, for almost all the girls we've helped, you know, um, aborting the child was never an yeah. option. And so, yeah, we were like, you know what? It's okay. Let's hold your hand and mm. see how we can support you and help you out of this and 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 be there, give you the love and support that you need, that the baby needs, and the encouragement that your dreams are still valid and you can still accomplish those dreams yeah. if the right people and the right resources are just provided, if they get the access that they need to really rise up. That's what Talita Together stands for. It it means young girls rise. So we, as, as we've indicated, we, we wanted to speak to Elizabeth, but we're still struggling to to get a hold of her. Hopefully we'll be able to get a hold of her in the next 10 minutes or something. I'd really, really love to hear from her and the Same. work that she's, she's doing. Um, is that um, in one of the pieces that Andisa showed me, mm-hmm. Elizabeth also speaks to um, children who have given birth to other children, yeah. but also what happens to their fathers who mm-hmm. deny 
the child, who deny that they've had sexual intercourse even um, with the girl. Um, what happens to those women? What, happened, what, what conversation are you having with them about that? Well, look, for most of the case, the girls are single. They're single mothers. They're single. Um, they're not, they no longer have the support of their impregnator, you know, of the, their partner, whoever mm. the male counterpart is to them. They seem to, in all the cases that we've dealt with, they disappear and they're just nowhere to be found. Some literally ghost them after they announce that. Is this uh, including from the family, the, the, the boy's family? So some in some cases, which are very few, the girls would actually, because they are met with so much hostile at home, at their home and their family, and you know their family just abandon them and say, you know what, I can't deal with you. Then they would go to live with you know their boyfriends. If the boyfriend is still in the picture, they would go and live with their boyfriend's family. But still, it's just a thing of this is so much stress. We these are you know young girls living in marginalized communities where. You know, it's poverty stricken and economically it's difficult. So the families were struggling with just the child, with just their own child on their own. Now to have a baby in the picture as well is just, it's really overbearing. So that's where we're kind of coming in to say, how can we economically empower you? How can we provide the resources that you can't afford? How can we help where, you know, you're just not able to meet ends meet how can we teach you a skill that you can monetize and and be able to you know create a sustainable future for yourself and for the baby Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin Simpia. Our studio line is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. We're in conversation with Kwenga Guayani, who is Guayana, who is the co-founder of Talita Together, an NGO that provides support to teenage mothers. Let's go to KZN. Dr. Malin is joining us from KZN. Good afternoon. Hi, hi, how are you? I'm well, I'm well, Dr. Malin. How are you doing? I'm okay, thanks. Um, basically, my comment, I don't only work with teenage moms, but I work in the nursery um, where you have children that are sick. And mostly um, is what we've noticed with the teenage moms particularly, they, they, most of them, they don't attend antenatal care. And I think partly it's because of the attitude of healthcare workers when it comes to attending to these moms. And I think part, the other part that we fail to understand as healthcare workers is even if the teenage mom had attempted TOP, termination of pregnancy, but when the baby is there and the baby is alive, they get so attached to them. And I can honestly attend to most of them will not want to give, the, give away the, the child for adoption or anything. So I think my comment was mainly to say we as healthcare workers need to change our attitude when it comes to this topic, and also just our our approach, the negative uh, uh, connotations when we're speaking about sexual health. I think we need to change the approach, especially at school level. Um, it shouldn't be just a matter of don't sleep with boys; you're going to be pregnant. I think for the longest time we've seen that have it has not worked. So I think taking a different approach have a positive way in terms of sexual education. Yeah, no, thank you so much for that comment there, Dr. Malin there from KZN. And speaking about KZN, the KwaZulu-Natal Health MEC, Nomakuku Simelani, um, revealed um, earlier on in the month that uh, between April last year and December last year, 26,550 adolescent pregnancies were recorded um, and the girls were between the ages of 10 
to 19, 10 to 19. Similarly saying that 1,254 of those pregnancies were girls aged 10 to 14. 10 to 14. Let that sink in. This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. It is now 26 minutes after 5 o'clock. You're still listening to the interview and our focus is on teen mothers. We are now joined on the line by Elizabeth Muruyuku, who is the founder of the Serene Heaven Girls Secondary School in Kenya. The boarding school was open to ensure teenage mothers continue to get education after falling pregnant. Elizabeth now joining us on the line. Elizabeth, good afternoon and thank you so much for, for making time for us. First of all, tell us about why you started Serene Haven Girls Secondary School. Thank you very much, Alvin. Thank you for having me on your on the show. Uh, and as you have said, my name is Elizabeth, and I'm from Kenya. We started Serene Haven back in 2020 during the pandemic. And uh, the, the whole point was to give teenage mothers who are in need of care and protection uh, a safe place to stay, as they, you know, as they just try to reorganize their lives. But most importantly, so that we are able to take them back to school. Because as you all know that when most of these girls deliver at that tender age, when they are still going, when they are still going to school, most of them tend to to just uh, to stay at home as they bring up the baby two three years down the line. Then now when the baby is big, that's the time she's told now you can go back to school. And as of then, all her peers have gone back to school, and now it becomes a problem because all the peers have gone ahead with the with the education, so she's lagging behind. And, for, and to be honest, most of these mothers even don't go back to school. So the whole aim of Serene Haven is to make sure that every teenage mother who is of school-going age attends school, but uh, attends school and gets quality education, and she does not feel like this baby is a burden to her. Yeah. She has to, to drop out of school. Elizabeth, yeah. we joined in studio by Kuenga, who is the co-founder of Talita Together, the NGO providing support for teenage mothers here in South Africa. But you said you're also looking at the continent as well. Kuenga has a quick question for you. You can go ahead, Kuenga. Thank you so much, um, my sister Elizabeth, for what you're doing in Kenya. The work is so important, and I just encourage you on the journey. And yeah, I think for me, I think it's so important that we collaborate somehow. Let's get in touch and see how can we, as you know, get a trend going that in every country in Africa, you know, we identify these teen moms and see how can we support all of them together. I'd love to also just know, you know, what model do you have in place in Kenya that is really supporting them on the education front and uh, yeah how can we share resources how can we connect how can we really make a big impact together because it's through collaboration that you know it's really the new innovation it's how we are going to make a greater impact together so tell me uh, tell me how are you making it work in in kenya yeah, okay for for us um it's a certain model is a little bit I don't, I don't know it's a little bit unique because for us we have a group of teenage brothers before we focus on teenage mothers who are in need of care and protection, as I said. You know, this is a teenage mother who would not have otherwise gotten a way to go back to school. And also, for some reason, she cannot continue staying in the community that she's living in. Because she cannot continue living in the community that she is in, either because she was raped, she was defiled, or for example, maybe, you know, something just happened at home that she cannot continue staying there. But here in Kenya, there's a government directive that every every child should go back to school, whether they delivered or they, you know, even after they delivered. But the, the reality on the ground, when you go to it, that is not, it's not possible for all girls. Mm-hmm. So for us, we are targeting that girl who will not be able to go back to school mm-hmm. for after she delivers. Not because 
the, the community or the parents are not willing, but because there is a small baby involved and, and nobody you know, is up to the challenge to take care of the baby. So we run a daycare center where the girls drop their babies and go to class. Uh, we have girls, we have two sets of girls who are very young in primary schools, we also have another other mm. girls who are in secondary schools. Um, so Elizabeth, unfortunately, because, because we're running out of time, um, I'll get you and Gwenga mm. to to connect um, off mm. off off air. Okay. But just quickly, in in conclusion, and Gwenga, the same question goes to you as well. Um, I'm starting off with Elizabeth, and that is for me the issue around law enforcement because um, here we're also speaking about the sexual violation of girls, raping of girls as well. Mm. How's law enforcement no, the, in Kenya? The, where we we, we they, I would say that they, they try as much as they can to to arrest these perpetrators, but now the, the problem comes in when the girl cannot. Some girls refuse to cooperate because if she had a boyfriend who is of over over 18 years, some of them you will ask them who is the father of your child, they not even tell you who who fathered the child, especially if the girl is underage and the boy. It was a relationship, you know. Like some of these men are even over 25, but she thinks that she's in love. But of rape cases, those ones they are able to be arrested the girl will identify the perpetrator. The cases that become very, very difficult are these ones where the girls were in a relationship with these men because they think it was love and at the end of the day, by the time they realize it was not love, time has really gone. You yeah. know? Yeah, okay. they don't understand what defilement is all about here. But Dwenga, from your for, end? Like for us, we are... Uh, absolutely. I would say that definitely there is some sort of law that the, the government needs to implement in as far as, you know, identifying who is the father and then having them pay like and contribute towards the child that you know once the paternity test is done that you know it's either if it's rape then they definitely should get arrested but if they identify that's not rape and that's ruled out that the father should definitely support the child in one way or another and that must be enforced and if they, they don't support the child financially that they must be some sort of a punishment that they mustn't get jobs or they mustn't go back to school or something there yeah. must be something really seriously um, implicating onto their lives so that it's seriously you know it's unfair otherwise for the mom to take all the responsibility and then she suffers not able to go to school not able to yeah. career, um, pursue her career goals etc so because there's also the care burden exactly. we've come to the end of the this discussion thank you so much for making time for us um yeah we would take probably the entire day having this conversation and the various aspects around it but going thank you so much and great work that you guys are doing at talita together as well as elizabeth at the serene haven girls secondary school in kenya apologies we're a bit late for the news headline lines.